Hey guys, welcome back. So glad to have you here. We're on episode nine. I'm Chris. I'm Jake. And we've got Alex back in the studio. Hey guys. And uh, we figured he, we had a lot of chat about the Porsche stuff and the road trip and everything else the other day. And we didn't really get a chance to get to everything else that we wanted to talk about because it just ran long. So I thought we'd have him back. And we could uh, talk about some topics that we had lined up. That aren't just Porsche. That aren't just Porsche, yeah. <laughs> yep. There's actually uh, there's like no Porsche stuff lined up in this episode at all, amazingly. <laughs> we so. should talk about Miatas, then, in, in their place. Uh, we'll I, just alienate everyone. About how they lose to the Touregs on the track. <laughs> oh, rip. <laughs> yeah. There's a, uh, there's just for context, there's a little like, kind of like a little snow event going on. All the Miatas are in last place last time I checked. And second place is a Touareg. Well, because yeah, everything else is all-wheel drive. Yeah, but sh- if you had like little skinny tires on a Miata, like little snow tires, they, that thing should get rip. down. Yeah. It should rip. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't because they're only able to compete with themselves. Oh, Miatas. man. Yeah, anyway. We just, we just alienated a lot of people. For oh, funny. we've been doing that since That's day one. That's all Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's been going on with you guys? What's new? Well, I've been working on uh, New Year's preparations. Uh, and by that, I mean preparing to cut the exhaust off my coupe. As a car guy, you know, <laughs> is this the, are we doing the same thing? Is it the same thing that you did on your other three? Yes. Yeah. I, except for instead of gutting the mufflers like we did, which was awful. And I like almost burned your shop down by having just yes. the whole thing. Filled yeah. This yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm actually going to get like an exhaust for it, which would be good. But uh, yeah, that's my New Year's prep. What about you, Jake? What do you got going on? Uh, not a whole lot of interest to car related podcasts such as this. So I'll uh, I'll let. This be your time to talk because I know you said you had, had a horrible a day. morning. I had a horrible morning. I uh, so I got I I was all set to come here. My my wife went and did a wedding, so she's out shooting a wedding right now. Okay, and to be clear, it's negative eight right now. That was the and high today. The, that's the high today. And um, she sends me a text message. I went down someone's driveway. It's not the right one. It's really steep. I can't get out. Uh oh. Oh, no. Oh, because she's in uh, the sport wagon. She's in the sport oh, wagon. It's front-wheel no. drive. It's got eco tires on it, which and are lowered. just... And it's lowered, which doesn't matter that much. But the tires on it are garbage. They're garbage for... They're garbage in the dry. They're garbage in the wet. They're garbage in the snow. So they're... They Have just, we talked about snow tires yet on the show? A little bit. But this is the only time that I've needed or thought about snow, tire, snow tires in almost my life. And she's in the wrong driveway. She's in the wrong driveway, but she's right next to where she needs to be, but she's in the wrong driveway. So I'm like, okay, it's, I needed to be here to record at like three or four. So I'm like, I got to leave now because she's over an hour away. So it's like an hour and 15 minute drive to get where she is in Wisconsin. So I get in my Tahoe, which the heat doesn't work. So, oh, oh, wow. The rear heat works, but nothing in the front of the entire vehicle works for heat it's all dead that's less than comfortable yeah so it i mean if you turn it the fan down to like the lowest setting it yeah. like trickles out like a little bit of warmth like where you were like if you like huddled in front of it or something and like <laughs> like huh. put your so is it the heater core <laughs> no it's fine the, the i checked the hose the, the hose going in is hot so there's like a there's like an, a, a little um actuator yeah like a, for Baffle. the blend door or yep. whatever to so i took the motor off of that and i tried to move the blend door manually right and it doesn't move yeah. Oh. So something's broken in there, and I was planning on probably maybe working on fixing it today, but instead I got to spend almost three hours. My feet are still frozen. So did you have to tow? The no. Jetta what I did out? is, was, I'm alone. I didn't have any help, so I can't tow the car out because she's, oh, she's working. Oh, because she's out shooting. Yeah. Yeah, she's out shooting, doing her thing. So the car is just there. So I'm in my truck 
trying to think, what am I going to do? Right. So I went to Ace Hardware and I bought like a 50 pound bag of salt of, I'm sorry, sand. Okay. So then I, and then I didn't have a knife because I forgot my knife at home. So then I had to go to Ace Hardware and buy a knife. Oh, geez. So um, got a knife, got the, got the sand, went out, dumped it on the tracks on the way up to the drive, on the way up the driveway. Yeah. Some random person's driveway. I was going to say, was this like a residential driveway? This was someone's house? So at the end of the driveway, there was like five houses. Okay. So it was like this shared communal driveway. Right. So the car's down gotcha. there. I, tr- I made a run for it once. There's like no chance whatsoever because it's rutted. Oh. So the thing was just like sliding back yeah. and the, back and forth in these grooves. So I took the sand out, cut it, and did about probably about uh, 20 feet towards the top of the hill, right where it would start to lose momentum. Yeah. And after that, I just pulled it right out and nice. then drove immediately here with no heat. And it's so my f- there's still snow on the bottom of my shoes when I got here. Because it was just because it never melted because it was just so damn cold. Yeah, Yeah. that sucks. So Alex said I was he was trying to show me a bunch of cool shit. He's like, oh, check out this new show that's coming out. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, he's like, dude, you seem grumpy. Yeah, I got it over text message and you'd only sent me like four texts. I was like, and that's saying something because your baseline is pretty grumpy. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) My responses were like, yes. okay." And then it was like the little shrug emoticon where your hands go up and you're like, "Eh, I don't know. Every word had a period after. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. okay. I was I was not having a not having a great day. But now that I'm here with you guys, I feel a lot better. Good. So, yeah. Anyway, what else do we what else we got? Well, um, if we want to. Get right into it here. Uh, I know you have a rant you wanted to. Oh, do. that's right. There's a so I saw on <laughs> I saw on Facebook that some guy needed he was stranded and he needed someone to bring him E85. Okay, his car had run out of gas. Was it a Subaru? Uh, who cares? Probably. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> Subaru. He's probably of out of juice? vape juice as well. Yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> oh, I'm just alienating people left and right. I know you are. So this this guy runs out of E85 and he's like asking for help. To get E85. And this is on Facebook. It's on Facebook. Okay. In, in my head, I wish I had the post because everybody's like, dude, enough with well, enough with the E85. Why are you driving around in your performance vehicle running an E85 tune in the winter? Which leads me to think of all the times I tried to plan a hmm. cruise for Euroworks. Yeah. And everybody was like, well, is there an E85 station about halfway through? Because <laughs> I only get about 0.6 miles per gallon in my Evo yeah. or my or my turbo whatever. And I'm like... E eighty five is essentially useless unless you're having unless you have a track car. Yeah, it's not good so, for anything. Or it's like not, a fuel cell that's pretty. And big. I, I checked the VIN number on my truck and okay. I I looked it up on Chevy site and it's a flex fuel capable oh, vehicle okay. oh. even though it doesn't say it on the rear. I'm like fuck, there's a Minico station next to my house. It's a dollar seventy four. Oh wow, it's like, cheap. It is that cheap. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm giving have this you, a shot. Have you run the math then? If you get that much lower mile per gallon, it does worked it? out in my favor. The thing okay. actually did pretty good on fuel economy. Okay, I oh, could notice cool. a little bit of a di- of a difference, but it wasn't too bad. But the thing killed my fuel pump within moments. It was like two tanks, <laughs> eighty five, wow. and I had to buy it. And it's, I had to have somebody do it because the tank has to drop out. Right. So I'm not doing that. So that was like six hundred bucks. And in my head, I'm like, how much eighty five am I gonna have to use? Over the next twenty six thousand years to make up to six hundred dollars <laughs> that I just well, lost. That in makes money. sense because, like, when you buy a ninety one, like you know, premium, it says no ethanol content. Like the goal is to not have ethanol content because it eats everything in your fuel system. Right. So well, when you put ethanol in your car, it's like that's why flex. You can only use it with flex fuel vehicles because yeah. I think yeah. it's like they have stainless lines. Yeah, and then the of, fuel filter is different, and yo, the, obviously yeah. the the injectors have a higher duty cycle capability right because you gotta a, flow more yeah yeah it's well it's, it's why you get such poor gas mileage so it brings me and i i, I don't have the figures in front of me because okay. it would be it would just be too long but i'm like well what is the point of e85 it was to have an alternative fuel source right, right. so i did the math and i think I it talked, is 85 percent ethanol 
which is derived from corn. Right. Yeah. So I'm like farming state, right? Exactly. We so did the I, math on the road trip again about this. Yeah. yeah. So I did, this is something I did a couple of years ago when I was getting in a fight with someone on the internet about E85, which, okay. you know, it's just another random fight about stupid shit that nobody cares about, really. <laughs> but um, so I'm like, well, we're a farming state. We have this many cars in the Twin Cities area. And I did the math about how much corn we would need to fuel those cars all on 85 for Good. a year. If you had the entire state of Minnesota covered in corn, which it, it almost is <laughs> corn and pine trees. Yeah, it wouldn't be enough. OK, interesting. So it's completely not a valid. It's and that's no. at 85 percent. That's at E85. Yeah, OK, not E100 or anything. It was and E85. it's usually like E70 that comes out of the pump or something like that. Oh, yeah, it's it's less than it that. varies. It super. says up to or about. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's always kind of a mystery. Well, and it's interesting. We should talk a little bit of context just so people understand. Why is it that some people switch to E85 as a performance gain? It's because so the E80, octane rating is just exactly. Through the roof. Yeah, exactly. Don't so get detonation and stuff. Like yep. That. E85 has a lower energy per mass. It's essentially mm -hmm. alcohol. Well, 85 percent. Yeah. yeah. Which alcohol is a lower lower energy. Um, what do you call it? Potential, I guess, per mass Thermals, versus like gasoline energy or whatever it is. But yeah. just like these top density. top fuel dragsters that run straight alcohol, mm -hmm. it's less uh, susceptible to detonation. So you can run much more aggressive timing curves or more compression. Yeah. Or more cetera. boost or more it's, boost. It's for most exactly. people, it's boost. You don't right. really yeah. need it for In a hotter else. environment for longer, you know. Yep. So, but yeah, it, that is, uh, I guess, interesting. So your rant is just that E85 is stupid in it's general. It's stupid, yep. I just, this guy is running it in the wintertime, and he runs out of it. And there's no, I mean, it's not a popular thing. I mean, it's at most of the holiday gas stations, but it's not at all of them. So you yeah. literally, if you're going to go to the grocery store, you'll be like, well, I only get about six miles per gallon, so I got to figure out, you know, I got a 10-gallon tank. You know, you're getting hardly anything. Yeah, right. Like you know, if, I, if I converted my M Coupe to E85, I mean, I only have like an 11 and a half gallon tank. If I did that, I would have a useless car. And that's the way all these cars are. If you look like right. an Evo, STI, right. GTI, they're, anything that's got like a 10 or less gallon tank, 12 gallon tank. Because the guys that are doing not, it, they're sports cars. They're sports cars. Yeah. They don't have a big tank to begin with. So you right. end up with this useless car. And I remember guys giving me a super hard time about the Airworks drives when I didn't have a spot <laughs> for them to fill up. I was just like, fuck so, off. Can't you, if you have one of these specialized tunes, can't you switch it back to now a, you can. a regular 91 octane? Yeah, so Mighty Car Mods has done a lot of videos on this, and like what they'll do is they'll use a GM flex fuel sensor, and they'll have the tune actively adjust to how much ethanol is in the gas tank. So okay. if you have like E20, but that's it'll a, change that's the tune. But that's a new thing. Yeah, that's a fairly recent thing, I would sure. say. I haven't seen much of that. Like now it's just becoming kind of mainstream. I think that's the solution to it. I, I have a couple friends who have, you know, corn-fed quote-unquote corn-fed cars right. that can run on normal gas too but yeah that makes sense i don't get then. it though i mean you have to it's you really have to be into it and have to make a, con well, a concerted effort to run e85 it's yeah. got to be your thing i mean some of those cars are making like 600 horsepower on pump gas and then like 800 horsepower on ethanol so i can see why they would wow. do it. but yeah i don't know it's not for me yeah no anyway. that makes sense so uh what do we got for news yeah we got some we news need, like here. a news music we I was thinking about like Conversation dun, 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 dun. Street. <laughs> news, 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 news. Anyway, what do we got? Well, uh, there's an interesting article. Um, this is from autonews.com, uh, basically about the collector car market and how the baby boomer generation was collecting a lot of cars. You think about, you know, uh, for me, it'd be, you know, grandfather, not quite grandfather, older mm -hmm. um, generation. So they're collecting all these Corvettes and some of these more uh, rare vehicles that they really found appealing back in the day. Right. 
Just like the Hemikudas and exactly, all this stuff. Exactly, the muscle the car cars, scene, yep. etc. The interesting thing, though, is that now the future is for these collector car market is like really hazy as far as what's going to happen because right, the these, next generation these guys aren't living forever exactly they're, they're going to die so what happens to these cars well the next generation the um it's not millennials yet there's another generation in between there but even they don't necessarily have as much interest in collecting these cars mm-hmm. right and you know you see this even with like the hot rods and everything else that yeah the younger generation just isn't into it so it's basically the article stated that boomers are collecting these cars, but their kids don't want to inherit them. Well, think about yeah. when do you guys go to back to the 50s? Yeah, I used to. So you walk around there and the, the dudes average that are, age, the average age is very high. Yeah. Yep. And I'm surprised a lot of these guys are still allowed to drive. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. So I'm going to be driving till you till I'm you can just drag me out of the car. But <laughs> I'm just saying that these guys are, you know, they're, they're yeah. older dudes are you know, walking around kind of hunched over, you know. It's, uh, you know, it's, yeah. they were around when the cars were new. and Well, exactly. And that's why you find these cars interesting and it's why they're collecting them. And so I guess in a sense it makes... So you have this huge generation of people that they're going to, when they die... There's going to be no market for all these cars no that they collected. Gone. So, I mean, that's interesting as a, a car guy who is into this stuff. That means we're going to be able to get some of these really cool hot rods and everything else probably for fairly cheap compared to where the market's yeah. at right now. Yeah. Unless the fact so, that you're thinking that means that all other enthusiasts are also thinking that. <laughs> Even if they are, I think the number of people is much less than how many have been collecting or how many have been into it for right. that baby boomer generation i feel guilty now because i'm an exact case of what you're talking about because i have a 1929 ford model a that okay. i got from my grandfather that i used to drive at, with him at the back to the 50 show and i just don't care about it like i frankly i don't care about the car like i'd rather sell it and buy like an e30 or something like that so i'm, I'm and like, you're keeping it just because of kind of the the sen- memories the and sentimental, sentimental value i mean barely i'm, I'm kind of just <laughs> keeping it until summer so i can sell it a model but, uh, a that's drivable like that's yeah those are worth quite a bit i know No, yeah like it's a mechanically have you, have you driven it yeah it's a it's a turnkey model a yeah they're um, they're a riot to drive i think they're really interesting they're sketchy they, as frick what, don't they yeah, have they are. three pedals but it's not the normal layout like there's something it's weird three about pedals, how you drive it and then well that's the model t that's, that's the model really t weird I'm thinking one. Of, you're right but okay. there's there's three pedals and there's a starter button on the floor and the wire wheels shake like crazy when you drive it and it's it's pretty fun and you have to adjust the, the, timing. the timing that's the right that's what timing's yep. up, there's a slider it's on, on the dash and then you've got like a knob for the fuel mixture yeah so you're constantly doing shit as you're like the one i have has a rumble seat too which is like a couch on the back of the car nice Maybe um, you should keep that around. You're young. Yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, it's sweet. He, but didn't, I have, he didn't really pick that up. No. I have no. I mean, I've seen it and I've liked it and I've had. I've <laughs> experienced just, it. He's, he's, the he's the rumble seat. Do you know but, rumble seat has the connotation? Oh, well, yeah. Y- you can rumble back there with the ladies. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know that that's where the rumble part came from. No, it's from. not. <laughs> but I'm, I'm <laughs> trying you, to you bounce put it all into over context. the place when you're sitting in there. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, no, it's, it is interesting, though, because. When you said that, I just immediately like identified with it because I just I don't have interest in that car, even though it's something that was very desirable. So for, it's weird. Know. Like we have the baby boomer generation and then there's us. I, Jake, I actually don't know how old you are. How old are you? I'm 30. OK, um, so I'm 37. So okay. I feel like any anybody that's 30 to 40 um, basically is in the middle. And then we have Alex at the other side. I'm so 19. They care a lot. We kind of care. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's this real, like, condensed. Well, and I won't this say is all they happening don't, in, like, don't one care, generation. But it's different interests, right? So Alex is still definitely a car guy, probably yeah. more than a lot of his peers are. Mm-hmm. 
but it's not in Model A stuff or probably even Hot Rods necessarily. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't really. It's care more the for technology I think you're interested in is a lot of it, and so different aspects of it, right? Which yep. you know, to each their own. But the interesting thing is this question mark of what's going to happen with this huge market of cars when these boomers start dying and their kids don't want them, and the bigger kind of theme here. Why, why do you think that these? I was just going to say that's the bigger question. Why aren't We'll we'll just make a generalization. Why aren't millennials into cars? I I you know what my answer is. I, have I a do. Theory about and you. I tell me what my answer is. Well, I want to see if you know what I'm thinking. Because, well, here's was my answer, and maybe this isn't. I think it's slightly aligned with yours. And I'll just say that cars used to s- signify something different. It used to stand for freedom. Like when you were growing up, you would see having a car as the ultimate. Um, significance of freedom you can get out you can drive and there's also this whole culture associated with it and nowadays i feel like that isn't necessary it's an appliance now right what it is yeah and there isn't as as much nostalgia i guess associated with it i'm i'm not explaining well i know i think you're on the i think you're on the right track I i think that a lot of it also is there's a lot of political warfare with cars too. Yeah, true. So it I has mean, different cars. Are, cars right? have been under assault for probably 20, 25 years as something that From basically safety, the safety, environment, whatever. They've basically right. been under assault. Like you know, they're evil. They're a necessary evil. Versus before, probably 20, 30 years ago, it was seen as a tool of freedom. Like you spoke. I mean, right. it's something that you could use to get away. And not even a tool. I would say that because that kind of gets the idea of like this is just your appliance that's parked in the garage. People, I think, were more enthusiastic about their cars, even if they weren't, quote unquote, a car guy. You know, you still were able to appreciate like, oh, check out the sweet like styling of that 57 Chevy that we have in the garage. Right. You know, there's more uh, this passion. This is also back in the day with um, where you had to put people would put bearings in their cars during oil changes. You know, yeah, so I see a, what you mean. So it was a, more involved, right? As it was an yeah. over, it was a ritualistic yep. type of thing where it, you know, just having back then it was like one car per family, right? It was a very special thing, and there right. was still like if you think about someone that was maybe growing up in the fifties or sixties, their parents, if they even had a car, were lucky enough to have a car. True, it was really special. So the fact that they were able to have one was extremely special. So would you say it was appreciated more? Absolutely, I think it was seen as. Um, it's in so many other things that you have and in, in, that we have that our parents didn't have and their parents didn't have. As time goes on, you kind of start to take it for granted. Right. And I don't think they understand what it was like to be moored in a city and never go anywhere. True. Yeah, I think I mean, I, that's definitely valid. But I also think that there's, you know, coming from the millennial side of it, I definitely can I, I can see a cultural uh effect of my generation going oh that's grandpa's car like you don't want to be driving grandpa's car you know what i mean like if you saw a purple cuda going down the road and it was like a 19 year old driving it they don't seem that cool from the rest of the millennial generation if you're uh, driving a purple e30 it's like oh that's hip that's new that's you would also never think that that kid was driving his own car you would immediately maybe that's that's what you mean as well is because that's looked upon as so kind of old-fashioned and even if you can appreciate and say like that's a cool muscle car it doesn't you don't identify with it yeah exactly like like chris just said it would be you know if i saw you know someone my age driving a restored amc or something like that i wouldn't say that i wouldn't think that he's driving his own car it would be like oh you're driving your grandpa's car oh you're driving your dad's car something like that so it's having this new like the e30 was this sort of this internet like 
millennial child of of this generation loving cars, but from this modern, hip, sort of sure. weird European thing that we knew that our grandparents didn't identify with. So, this so is, that's why I think it's a bigger issue than what we think. I it think is. this is just another part of the puzzle of cars going away. Yeah. And becoming really appliance oriented. You know, I think it's just another part of the piece of this puzzle that's going to cause You're everything to. so much more doom and gloom. I know. Yeah, he is. is. But he is. It's, <laughs> everything I've said is true. Like when I was like a year and a half ago when I was bitching about this, I'm like, in the next year or two, this is going to start going really fast. Yeah. You know, things are going to start happening. And, it, and, and, and it I'll is. say, yeah, things and are happening as far as the technological progression of electric cars, autonomous Nobody wants technology. to hear it because they're like, la, 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 it's no, not happening. No, I, I disagree. I, I think, yes, we're having all these innovative breakthroughs in technology of automated driving and electric cars. I still don't agree that that adds up to the fact that, oh, we're going to take Why away everyone's yeah, keys I, I and we're going to... I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen, but I think it's not... No, no, nobody's keys are going to necessarily be taken away, but I definitely think that people are going to be leaving their keys on the table to find another way to go places. Well, here's an analogy I just thought of. Back in what was it? Early 60s, everyone had a manual trans car and then the mm -hmm. automatic that was 50s, the automatic came out and became much more prevalent. And so I remember some of the adverts and you might recognize these two where it's like now my wife can actually you know, park her car, drive her car. Oh, that was power steering. That's another technological innovation. Yeah, or not having timing on the steering wheel. That's making it easier to drive not taking driving away. I would say a lot of this autonomous, if it's not level four, remember, because there's no different way. levels, you're, you're talking it's about, making it easier. It's because you're not doing it. That's not. You're not shifting gears anymore in an automatic, by, Chris. No, What's not, the difference? It's not easier by omission. So, you're just, you're not doing it at all. That's like saying it's easier to drive because you didn't go anywhere. That doesn't make any sense. Just because you're in some, that's like saying taking the train is an easier way to drive. Just because you're not driving, I think. Just Jake because you're in the car, sorry. I, I like having Alex here because he's on my on my side. Just because you're in I'm the car doesn't sides. mean you're experiencing motoring. I agree. So when you have power steering and it makes it easier to drive, you're mm -hmm. you're making the experience easier. When you're driving, when you're in a Tesla and it's driving itself and you're reading a fucking book, you're not experiencing driving. Okay. You're just moving through space. But it's yeah. not it's not black and white, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, it is. I don't think it's it is black absolutely black. No, and white. it's not. Okay, so what about um lane avoidance? So like it'll it'll stop you from shifting lanes if you don't It like, doesn't stop you, it just vibrates the steering wheel. Okay. I don't know enough about that technology. So you're saying that's fine because that doesn't actively um, you're still driving the fucking car. Okay. You're, you're talking about having an autonomous car uh, improve your driving experience because you're not driving it. That doesn't make any no, sense. No, I'm saying that technological innovation doesn't necessarily mean they're taking away think, the pleasure of driving. I think what Jake is trying to say here is that there's so many functions that can resemble something that's been taken away from the experience where, uh, like, let's take, for example, on my way here, it was snowy and there I had my traction control on. I didn't have to think about how much I needed to apply the gas at all. I just applied the gas and the car did, took care of the rest. And you had less fun because of it. I still had fun. That's the yeah. thing. No, so, if you had no if you had no assistance on, you could have more fun. I mean, I did I did have fun, but I also enjoyed actually getting somewhere. Here's an interesting uh, point you bring up. You have the option. You can turn the button on or off, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's fine. But my okay. point is is that, that you got to you think of you're thinking of everything in the in the world of the enthusiast bubble, right? So you need to take yourself out of the world of the th enthusiast bubble and go to okay. like mom and pop driving right. their car. Yeah. They're not going to go, "Well, I really feel like driving today." They're going to get in the car and go to US Bank building and go to work <laughs> and come home and that's it. Yeah. All these people hate commuting. They don't like it. And when I'm all, one of them. Uh, 
Fine, then you're one of them. But <laughs> no, most I guess people. But you also like the enthusiast part. Most people aren't like that anymore. Right. But there's still enough people who are the enthusiast part to make a car like the P1, where it's taking our modern technology that we have from yes. hybrid trans you now know, and trying and to make it fast now. And that's why another topic later. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why that is awesome. Like, I'm, but I'm gonna save it. But the, I'm but I'm gonna save it. Stop. Okay. When the La Ferrari came out, Ferrari specifically <laughs> said we are not interested in making electric cars, and yet they still made a car that's half electric for they, more fun. Because so there they, is another they side. They had to. They are forced to by market. BMW uh, didn't, and they were fine. Yeah, but BMWs are boring now. Eh, <laughs> not really. No. The i8 exists. The Which i8 is, is all electric. It is a terrible it's not all car. Electric. It is. Oh, it's, the, that's right. It has the like the a three-cylinder in the back. Yeah. The i8 is a terrible car. It is the RWB of electric it's cars. It's really awkward. It to get looks in. like it should go a million miles an hour. Yeah, and it, and it underperforms. Three hundred and sixty-five horsepower. And its range is junk. As an electric car, that is a failure of engineering well i mean yeah. can you All say right, that though, before we got before we get okay. any farther i want to uh bring in one of our sponsors luther westside volkswagen luther westside volkswagen is the number one volkswagen dealership in the country they have the best selection of european cars in the twin cities they have a unique inventory for all your needs uh, they also have a brand new facility that you should come check out today they have friendly sales staff that are comprised of true enthusiasts who support the local scene. They're into autocrossing, SCCA. They're great guys that'll work with you on finding your next car. You can find them at westsidevw.com. All right, with that out of the way, before we move on, Alex wanted to just bring on one more point. Last word here. The last, we're going to give Alex the last word on this entire, on this entire topic. So we mentioned the i8 and how it's pretty much terrible at being a car or even a sports car. and But that, does that make it not extremely cool? Because Hot Rods, for example, 70s cars, were terrible cars. No, they it were looks like it's pooping efficiency. another i8 out of its butt. <laughs> it looks like it's pooping a 911 out of its butt, a 997 actually. It, but, it's terrible. But, let me, but just that point. Isn't it cool, though, because it's trying to do something that's radically different, just like, you know, 90s cars that we love now were trying to do things that were radically different. Yeah, they but did they did it well. Job. Like, if you look like at a 959, it was radically different, and it did it all amazing. The i8 was radically different, and it sucks at everything. Well, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, we'll just leave it, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Whenever I see somebody driving one of those things, I'm like, man, that guy thinks he's just... Got but this, is it supercar excellent at giving you an awesome driving experience? I uh, again, I have not driven one. I would like to drive one. So if anybody has an i8, I'd like to drive it. If you were in one, you'd feel cool. Oh yeah, I mean, the technology is neat. I would say that an i8 is a neat car. It is okay. not a cool car. It is a neat See, car. It's nifty. We need to, everyone has their own criteria for what they love about a car, but. It has to adhere by your criteria in order Nobody, to be cool. No, 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 no. <laughs> I I will tell everybody. And I don't know what those criteria are, by the way. Oh, it shifts all over the place all the time. Yeah, it's usually. Bad. I'm just tell. I'm Grumpy. just telling everybody what I think. They can take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. I yeah. don't care. But, but I will maybe think a little bit less of you if you don't to agree clarify, with me. To <laughs> clarify, we want you to keep listening to the show, guys. So we appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and you, if, if you agree with me, great. Uh, if you don't, yeah. That's, if you that's don't, okay just too. agree with me. Yeah, you can agree yeah. with Alex or Jake or or some other less crabby people. Um, Alex had, uh, has a story for us. What did you What did you bring in for us today? So, uh, what I've noticed in the past couple of years is that front wheel drive cars have been getting better and better and better. You know, the unless type you're trying to drive up a <laughs> fucking snow covered driveway <laughs> or or actually accelerate. <laughs> but but like, let's look at the, like the new GTI and the new and the new uh, Honda Type R, right? Understeer or torque steer, sorry, 
is almost not a thing anymore. I mean, it's back so in, good that the ugliest part of the car got left at the back end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but seriously, uh, it's starting to become this question of: Do we want? You know, you know, back in the day, if you were like, "Oh, get a front wheel drive car," and the immediate answer is, "I don't want torque steer. I don't want right. huge understeer." Yep. that's starting to not be a problem anymore. So, I have a question for you: Is guys. that electronics? Is that is that like electronics? It's differentials? electronics and it's suspension geometry. Okay, yeah, because they do some cool stuff. What, Ford, with Ford was the first one with the Revo knuckle front suspension. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. So basically, when I think of front wheel drive suspension, I think of a control arm, right, a subframe, and mm-hmm. a McPherson strut and a sway bar. And I am not how, the guy to explain to you how this is. I can different. explain some of it. Yeah, how is how have things gotten better? What's the what's different? I can explain to you like the general sort of like politicians way of talking about this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> mechanic. I can't tell you the exact. Throw details, it out there but, quick. Just give me the quick rundown. I think engineers have really been getting good at uh, understanding how like you know on the new GTIs and stuff like that they have the axle they have the diff off center and the one of the axles go across the front of the motor and it twists at a different rate than the other axle so you get less torque steer. So okay. there's cool stuff like that that engineers are doing. But anyways, and all this now, all the, all. All of this engineering is just to make it handle almost as good as a real drive car would be to yeah. begin with. Yeah, but so, it is right? lighter. Oh, sure. So because, last, yeah, this is a, yeah, and it has less drivetrain loss. So last night I was driving around in the snow with my friend Graham, and uh, we got in his Civic after being in my M Coupe for a while, and he was doing like front wheel drive drifts, you know, just pulling the handbrake and just sliding right. around in the snow, and he actually enjoyed that more than the rear wheel drive stuff. And so I just wanted to pose a question, which is, if there aren't any more downsides to front-wheel drive, like mechanical downsides, which would you rather be stuck with? Rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, or front-wheel drive for the whole season, snow and summer? All-wheel drive. All-wheel drive? That's that's an easy answer for me. Okay. Uh, with take... our Minnesota winters, all-wheel drive. So but I, That's tough if it's all year, because I had a rear-wheel drive Tahoe for a couple winters, and it was it was rough. Yeah. It was rough in the wintertime. That's the drive. only reason I wouldn't say rear-wheel drive. It's for our winters. I think I'm still going to say it because I don't have to commute. So I think I'm still going to say rear wheel drive. Yeah, it's just, you have okay. the, uh, I guess, the option of not going anywhere, which right, is nice. Right. Yeah. But it was just interesting to me because I think there was a, a, a few articles on this. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Motor Trend actually covered this that like the new, the Civic Type R is almost like the new Viper, like the new generation's Viper. It's sort of this cool, futuristic, really out there sort of thing. That's quite the comparison. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It was actually Mr. Regular from, from RCR who made that comparison. Um, but I explain that. I don't, he, I don't understand what you're saying by that. As in, like, so when you're in high school, when you were in high school in the 90s, you know, Vipers were coming out, all the high school kids were like, dude, that's the car to have. Like, that's the one that I want to see your, you know, dad picking you up into the parking lot, and that's, you're the coolest kid, okay. whatever. Now it's like the Type R. Mm, I, what? I totally disagree by that. Nobody the wants to be. fastest front-wheel drive car in the Nürburgring. That's kind of a big deal. It makes 300-plus horsepower. When you have to add an asterisk to the end of the fastest at... It, yeah, I, I can't. Don't get me wrong. I I'm not a fan of the Type R, but what I'm saying is that front wheel drive is starting to become a real competitor in terms of handling. What I, I'm what an I, ass man, so whenever whenever I think of that car, I just think of how bad it looks. It looks pretty bad. It's so regardless really of the bad. platform, I you have a point, and I'll I'll talk a little more about it because I remember reading an article, or it might even been the latest. Um, where was it? Anyways, regardless, how they were doing this comparison of all these hot hatches, and you know the uh, the Ford. Focus uh, RS, I think, mm-hmm. is all-wheel drive, and the yep. R32, well, Golf R now is, R3, is all-wheel drive, and all of a sudden we have this new Civic Type R that drive. basically they've they looked into doing an all-wheel drive version to compete with all these, but they realized they didn't need to, yeah. and all the benefits of having just front-wheel drive. Are you drive, sure that's not because the majority of their all-wheel drive experiences comes in a CRV? 
and they just don't have the technology to keep up. Well, the way they said it, and I this is is this for the, the sake of is this the conversation? Honda, is this Honda just, press room saying? No, this, it wasn't. Or? I don't know where they where this came from, but um, basically that the technology was good enough to compete with these other all wheel drive platforms with only front wheel drive, as Alex was saying, without the torque steer, without yep. the lack of steering feel, is another big one. Um, and all these other negatives that traditionally have gone with front-wheel drive. Yeah. Okay. So, so I just, there's some there's something to it. Yeah, I think, I think that really they just don't have the technology to keep up with Audi, Volkswagen, or Subaru, or anybody else. I just don't think that's ever been I mean, Honda's they cup made, of tea. They made the NSX, which is all-wheel drive. So I think that's kind of testing. No, yeah, but that's like Was it? Yeah. The new, the new one. NSX. The new oh, the new one. Yeah. Okay. But that's got electric motors. That's a completely... Well, that's even di- more advanced. Yeah, but that's a completely <laughs> different all-wheel drive that's, system. Yeah, that's I, not comparable. That's not what I would consider all-wheel drive. Okay. All right. Yeah. But anyways, I just thought that was interesting how front-wheel drive is starting to get to the point where it's actually... Like, my generation is starting to like it more than rear-wheel drive simply because there's so fewer ways to screw up and yet you can still have a good time driving. In today's front wheel drive, what do you mean? Cars. There's so many less ways to screw up as well, far like, as like oversteer. Yeah, if you, you can were really drifting, fuck up. Like, like, remember that time we were? Yeah. At, I was driving in front of you, and I said, "Boy, I'm going to break really late right here." Yeah, and I completely drifted the entire corner and thought I was going to die. Yeah, like you wouldn't have in that experience car? in a front wheel drive car. In my 911. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, I was sketch. Yeah, um, but but I want to have that experience. That's what I'm saying. I want to so, feel like I have. There's some danger without without some sort of danger and consequence. It's just not as interesting to me. That's what I think, which is why I would stick with rear-wheel drive as my platform. Like well, I will everything. say that regardless of how good front-wheel drive gets, there's still certain dynamics to the driving experience of a rear-wheel drive car that it can't emulate at all. Yeah, for certain. Just yeah. as far as you know, the weight distribution and and regardless of how good it is, you're still making the front wheels do two things. You're making yep. it steer and you're making it um, do the actual propulsion, mm-hmm. which is you know we'll get into traction circle and all that technical yeah. bullshit later but at any rate um so, so we've got uh jake picked out our craigslist cars of the week for alex and i to take a look at yeah exactly oh so we've got them up here on the screen and alex is gonna have to rotate his head 180 yeah. degrees to see him but uh so yeah and i'll preface this these are all uh we are up in the great white north uh minneapolis area these are local this is the this local week. craigslist car of the week edition it is yeah can you send that to me on my laptop so no. I can see it? Oh, I have to turn around? Yeah, you got to turn yeah. around. All right. We're live here. So the first one we've got is a 1952 Gaz 12 Zim Soviet Union Cold War era limo. That's a mouthful. This thing is awesome. It looks like just it, it looks like they tried to take every 50s American car design and put it into one vehicle. Yes. But what's cool about this, where else have you seen or will you seen, see a Soviet limo from 1952? And it's right here in Minnesota. Never. Yeah, it's, in Minnesota, yeah. never. But those things are probably rusting into the ground by the millions in in uh, Mother Russia. Well, still, <laughs> you could say that for a lot of car marks, but that doesn't, you know, relegate the fact the, that it's cool. I like because how he it's says, rare. In the ad, he says, "You will likely be the only one at a car show See? with a Soviet car." <laughs> the car was commissioned on Stalin based on his love for big luxury Western era car, cars. So it of is the era. totally a ripoff. It's of totally Americana. well, if you really think oh, yeah. about it, everyone in. Soviet Russia wanted to be an American. They just didn't want to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone in Japan and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so uh, so that's, our first, that's our first pick. Our second pick is... I'm going to like it. Yep. A 1969 Datsun oh. Roadster. And I, 
I don't know. Did they call these the Fair Lady? Were these before no. the Fair Lady Z? I don't no. think that's real. But anyways, yeah, these are. What year is this from? This is a uh, 1969. This thing is goofy. What's that little moon window thing? It looks like it belongs so on it the has, side of a hole. I think that's an aftermarket hardtop. Yeah, it better be because that thing looks like it belongs on the side of a van. No, you know what that is a callback to is the old uh, Thunderbirds. Ford yeah, Thunderbird. Oh yeah, that, I suppose yeah. Porthole and it's, window. It's just as ugly then. Right, but that was obviously the styling right. styling cue that they were going after. But these are so cool. It's an old Datsun. How many gallons of Bondo do you think this is? Well, Several. that's the one thing we got to yeah preface. But regardless, another rare vehicle, kind of more fun on the driving scale. So than what, the, the, what did these come limo. with for engines? What was the... I, this has got a four-cylinder, it says this one. Yeah, is. it's an inline That looks four. like you could put a six-cylinder in there. There's actually a guy who drove one of these 37,000 miles around the United States and hit a deer, and it survived the whole road trip. So I would say it's probably a pretty awesome car. For 4700 bucks. I would throw that hard top in the garbage Oh, me too. But I mean, I think they're pretty sweet. They look cool. Oh, it's right, like yeah. this and the old, what, Honda Honda S600 or something yep. like that? Yeah, that's no, what I was yeah. thinking of as well. Kind of those old uh, Japanese coupes. Yeah, those are or cool. Or Roadster, rather. Next on the list, we've got a, <laughs> oh my God, a 1986 Chevy trolley that originated from the Las Vegas Strip in the 1980s. This so, trolley is gutted and ready for me for remodel. Could be custom built into a limo trolley, blah blah blah, or a food truck. So many possibilities. Yeah, no, I was gonna say this is you know with the old trolleys you think of in San Francisco on the rail tracks, they tried to make a lot of these trolleys look, or they made these other wheeled vehicles look like trolleys. To have I'm, that I'm, same bas- I'm basically what the fuck. <laughs> You're at what this? the fuck on this one. I'm a, I don't it's understand. Got a Chevy 350. How cool would it be rolling around with all your friends in a trolley? I don't have that many friends. Has two air conditioning <laughs> units. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Motivated seller. Yeah, I bet they are. So there is number that, three. That guy's wife is like, get this thing out of the yard immediately. <laughs> and number four doors. is the Maserati TC Chrysler. Oh, I love these things because I'm a nerd. I love these cars. I, I think Chris mentioned these before as well. And it's basically just a Chrysler K car yeah. that Maserati badged. And I don't know if they had yeah. a different engine in it at all. Or if it was the Chrysler Turbo, well, or what was, it was. It Those was seats look like the guy oh. from Silence of the Lambs had a, had a good go at them. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys remember, like back then there was the McLaren Fox Body, the McLaren Tune Fox Body Mustang. There's okay. this, the Maserati branded Chrysler, and there was the Shelby done Dodge Omni. The yes. Dodge Omni by yeah, Shelby was yeah. really cool. So though. this the whole, GLHS, like, yeah, this whole era of sort of. Like, cross branding, yeah, cross branding and spicing up cars that were otherwise totally boring. I love that stuff. I think it's kind of cool. Only seventy three hundred ever made. I wonder what the MSRP of these. This is the luxury edition, by the way. I noticed. Wow. Yeah, that's so. Oh, okay. Oh, there's an so engine much picture. red. Oh, the engine it's, base. It looks really like red. someone just spray painted. Don't worry, guys. We'll post links to this stuff. So you, if you want to see what we're talking about, you can go see. Yeah. And have a look. I feel for like yourself. if we help sell one of these cars, we should get a commission. I'll just pose that to the sellers, by the way. What is this? Is Call this another window? Is this, is this your goal? Did you search window <laughs> porthole? There's a porthole you know? that looks like it's like a half. I did not, but that's exactly what it is. With it's a another, Maserati logo. It's another, another porthole. porthole on the B pillar. All right. All last. Right, last but not least, this is number oh four or five. Our, uh, yeah, 1968. 850 Fiat Coupe. I have I, not seen I one like of these. I like this car. I like yeah, this rear car. Yeah, rear engine. I like this car. 
Fiat Fastback. Ooh, this thing is awesome. You know what? It, the rear end looks just like a Type I'm, Three, a Volkswagen Type no, Three. No, even more. No, like it's the two thousand two Touring. The two thousand two Touring. Yeah, oh, really? We, we yeah. saw one in in Monterey, and we kept seeing it over and over again. And we were like, "Dude, that's so cool." This, this reminded me of like the it. Volkswagen Type Three, though the Fastback, because the engine in the back has that cool Fastback look to it. Yep. Yep. Chris is trying to pull up this, this 2002 there. A little bit more boxy. Yeah, it is similar. The taillight area looks really similar. But anyways, that's a that's a cool car. Yeah, so, that thing is awesome. I don't think we even have to 3500 bucks though. I mean, I don't know. I love how they list it as subcompact. That that's the engine? Holy fuck. $3,500? Oh and the engine looks like a solid piece of iron ore. It's an anchor. I think that's an extra, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, that's probably what the one in the car looks like anyways. <laughs> Two extra motors and an See, and a See, that's trans, only actually. one sure? of two extras. Yeah, but that, <laughs> <laughs> this thing looks like it was at the bottom of Lake Superior for like since <laughs> since new. Oh, All he's right. got like some header on it too. Look at that. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna call this Craigslist car of the week for sure. Yeah, the Fiat Coupe. Yeah, I none, it. none of the other stuff really interested me too much. All right, well, hopefully it was least entertaining. To look I do through. actually have one piece of news. Okay, yeah, go for it. What so do we got? Surprise Tesla, news. Uh oh. Yes, yeah, surprise news. So Tesla is gonna make a pickup truck. So oh, they've been saying on. this. No, hold so, on, Alex. They've been saying this for years. So what you, and not only that, this is another one they're adding to the list of cars that, yeah, we're going to announce. I mean, you, you can't buy yet. You is can, this one where you they're taking money? This is but, like the, the, okay. the bottom rungs of the pyramid scheme are getting let's, thin. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. <laughs> not from Tesla, like just, you know, this this micro thing. Let's just take a bigger picture. Would you like an electric pickup truck? Yeah, Because no. theoretically, tons of torque. Right. This is this it's would be my daily driver. Truck. I've said this since yeah. they first announced it. I would buy this as my daily driver. It would be sweet, right? And no. like now pickup trucks are starting to come with four cylinders and V6s and they're just it's just terrible. I would rather have an electric pickup truck with a bazillion pound feet of torque than a V6 or I don't even care about truck. that. It's the um convenience of having a pickup. That's why I drive a pickup daily. Mm-hmm. And I'm I can't not imagine against the, the electric car movement. I just I don't I I don't get it. I Can you imagine understand. doing a four wheel drive burnout in your Ford F one fifty Raptor electric? I just that'd don't, be pretty. Cool, I'm so not a truck guy that I really almost have no comment. You drove a Tahoe. Here. I know it's it's an SUV. That's a completely different thing. It doesn't it's have a, a Silverado bed. with a roof. Yeah, it's. I was gonna say it's the topper on a Silverado. Yeah, basically. But you can with actually seats get through the rest of it. And no, it's not. It's, it's not. The, that's not <laughs> what it is at all. If uh, I if I bought a Silverado and put a topper on it and said, "What do you think, honey?" My wife would have been like, "What the fuck are you buying?" <laughs> it's not the it's same a as Tahoe, but it has more usable bed area. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, so I I think an electric pickup truck would be cool. I'm not a truck guy either. I I still think it would be cool. Yeah, I'm I am with Chris on the fact that Tesla's whole business model is just announcing things, oh, yeah, having all insanity. their fanboys buy it. Everybody's just waiting for them to fail. They're the first to market, which is almost always certainly first yeah. to fail or first to get bought out by somebody or first to fuck up or Yeah, you know. they're I mean what's interesting is they're the first company to come to the automotive sector and run it like a technology company. Cuz yeah, that's what like they're Apple. doing. Exactly. Yeah. All right, I got a surprise for you, Alex. Yeah. This is for you. I okay. want your top five cars that you have to have for the rest of your life, and one of them must be a daily driver. Oh, boy. Can it just be five M coupes? <laughs> <laughs> if, if that's... No, but, uh, <laughs> all right. All right. I got this. Okay. Uh, Datsun 610 or 620, whatever. What? Do you, do you want me to order these? Different, or? No, there's no okay. top order. Datsun 620 or whatever it is, mini truck. Okay. Okay. I thought you were trying to say the 510, but this is the truck version of the 510, I think, right? Yes. Yep. Correct. Um, if anybody wants, I know where one of those is. Remember that rabbit that I bought that was red? Yes. And I pulled it out of a field and been sitting there for 17 years. Yeah, and the I-beam ripped out of it or whatever? Nope. Nope. This is car I actually drove out and had no rust. It, oh, it was wow. sitting in the mud, but it didn't have any rust. How? And I, I don't know. 
It must have just been like some sort of crazy. You got the fluke, like super experimental maybe maybe undercoating. Maybe it sank into the ground so fast that, that once there was, was no air. There was no air. It was just fine because it was up to the. No, that logic doesn't make sense. Things <laughs> rust under the ocean. Yeah, but that's because there's salt and water present. Maybe if it's in the dirt. No. I don't know why. Should we get a chemist in here? Salt doesn't make things rust. Salt sticks moisture to things, and then they rust because the moisture speeds up. Is that what it does? Yes. That's why That's why you want to wash your car when it has salt on it, because you want to get the salt off so the moisture doesn't just stay there. I thought the salt was a catalyst for the rust. No, it's not. I don't think so. Nope. That's why you don't want to have your car, like, you don't want to park your salt-covered car in your warm garage. Yeah, because that right. just like accelerates the. Yeah, that's what I it's do. Better every to leave, day. It's better to leave it outside. Garage. All my all my dailies are outside. Hmm. Anyways, so, okay. You read. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so, so. this car, my, this rabbit, sat in this field for 17 years. I pulled it out, hit the drums with a sledgehammer, loaded it up onto a triple AAA trailer after being like, <laughs> "Yeah, it doesn't run." <laughs> Towed it to my house. Towed it to my house. Uh, went through the injection pump, ran. <laughs> I drove it. Wow. So it was great. Wow. So, but next to that thing is a yellow. Dotson pickup truck. Oh, dude. dude. It was right next to it. If, I know, if your I know. theory's correct, it's going to be rust-free. I know, right? <laughs> Maybe so, we should go look at that thing one of these days. I'd be down. I, okay. re- I really Over want a mini truck. Field trip. I, I want know a mini, exactly where it is. I want a mini truck. I got the car for blocks. $200. Wow. The car was like $200. So. Yeah. Holy I'm God. with you, Alex. I like the mini truck scene. Yeah. So, so, so we're at two mini trucks already? No. Oh, okay. That was just, just, the, just the Dotson Just the Dotson. All right. So Dotson mini truck, Eagle Speedster. From that Top Gear episode, the reimagined Jaguar E-Type with the oh, oh yeah, 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 and the carbon body and stuff yep. like that. Yep, I yeah. like that thing. That thing, uh, M Coupe S fifty four, not S fifty two, or Boost S fifty two. Anyways, uh, so yeah, M Coupe is a M Coupe project. Yep, do whatever you want to it. Yep, okay. pretty much. Um, and then like a Rolls Royce with like a Hellcat engine is what I really want. That Does would that be my exist? daily. Uh, there's a Hellcat with like a crazy LS7 in it that was on Hoonigan. Or sorry, not a Hellcat. Rolls so Royce. So what Rolls Royce is it that you want? Like Silver like Cloud. A Silver Cloud. Is that so? Yeah, yeah it's a like older. what genre is that? The newer? That's or the, the very old style, like just okay, land barge. Yeah, like huge. Yeah, that was they the got one the that was four on headlights, the four and, round headlights mm-hmm. in the front, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so yeah, that and then the last one would be uh town and country minivan. <laughs> that what? Because <laughs> that's your daily driver. Some of the most fun I've ever had in a vehicle. Not. Not in the back of the minivan, driving mm-hmm. the car. Some of the most fun I've ever had driving a car was driving a minivan Why? and just doing stupid shit. Because everything you do in a minivan is hilarious. You know what's crazy is, that, you know, we had a Volkswagen Rutan for a while, which is whatever, same thing. Yeah. yeah. But that thing had like almost 300 yeah, horsepower. They're crazy fun. You can do a one wheel <laughs> so peel stupid. for like 17 like blocks. It's so well, much fun. Remember, you were, we were looking into what was the turbo minivan? Yeah. The, the, on episode uh, like two or whatever. The we Plymouth were Voyager. About. 2.5, 2.3 liter yeah. turbo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So get one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I would, would yeah, I would, I would have that. Thanks for asking. Yeah. All right. Chris, just because I, I want to do a mini grinder gears, would you rather have that minivan or a Miata? I'd rather have the minivan. <laughs> no question. The minivan would own the Miata. <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody. Totally. Oh, totally. In every way, you could make that minivan own a Miata. Because I would just. Should we do like a track segment where we. Yeah, I'll just run them off the there road. Should be, uh, there should be like. A, <laughs> I'll just do it in the snow. All the Miatas come in last place anyway. <laughs> a road racing series. There should be a road racing series where you buy old minivans, strip them out, because they make like 260 horsepower, like all of them do. Well, and isn't, then isn't that just called lemons? Uh, except for the minivans would still lose because there's everyone with like E30s and stuff like yeah. that. Just minivans only. All right. On that note, I'm going to call it. I really appreciate every appreciate you coming in, Alex. It's nice to have you back again. Uh, hopefully we see a bunch more over the summer. And uh, please uh, stop over at your favorite podcasting place. Leave us five-star review. You can find us on uh, most of the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. And, uh, you know, get in touch with us if you'd like to hear something 
more interesting or less interesting or yeah, whatever well, you want. And, you know, I'll say that I love when people comment about how wrong Chris is. So just please do <laughs> just, that. Yeah, keep that up. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Feel the music. <laughs>